Welcome to the third Lore of the Lands episode. This episode canonically takes place after Arc 3, so after uh, Bertram's Bloodline arc. And I am really excited to get down to some lore keeping with you guys in this episode. Uh, After I'm done with my little lore dump, which this time should be a little bit more of a bigger look at the religion or origin story of the world of Nagonia. After we're done with that, we're going to sit down with each of the other players and take a deep dive into one moment with their character. And I'm really excited to do that, and you guys will also get to see you know, some of the small changes from that. Uh, so without further introduction, why don't we hop right on in to our lore. In the beginning, there were two gods, Utar and Movian, existing in a vast nothingness. Utar created the stars above, deeming it to be the home of the gods. Movian created the astral streams, providing renewable fuel for the gods, and unknowingly magic itself. Utar gave birth to Relos, god of the elements, who created the earth we stand upon today. Its raging seas, tumultuous winds, and magma-erupting mountains. Then came Utar's second and third child. The twins, Bitbris, god of the sun and life, and Uterin, god of the moon and death. These two worked together to create day and night and the basic life cycle of our world in the form of the planets and animals that inhabit it. From here, the astral streams permeated and perverted the world in positive and negative ways. And in reaction, Movian gave birth to their two children, Ibris, god of the positive, and Fay, and Ebit, god of the negative and shadow. These two harnessed the powers of the perverted aspects of the world, secreting them away to planes of their own today known by many as the Feywild and the Shadowfell. After this, Raelos descended into a long sleep, calming the chaos of the natural elements of the world and muting their dangerous natures. As Raelos slumbered, the forces that once raged across the world found a home in the newly formed elemental planes. Following Raelos's lead, Utar and Movian realized that their part in this world had been completed, and that their children had created true order. Without word or reason, Utar and Movian vanished from all existence. But in their place, Zeselin, the platinum dragon god of good, and Guxis, the obsidian dragon god of evil were born. Their existence immediately sparked the world's first and most violent war, known as the God's Scar War. What initially started as a brawl between siblings quickly evolved as the hunks of flesh that fell from the gods became the first generals 
and lesser gods of each side. From Zeseldine came Udos, the gold, Komos, the brass, Tanon, the bronze, Boerus, the copper, Zondos, the silver, and Kokaris, the mithril. From Guxis came Raxthar, the red, Octaeus, the green, Razdite, the blue, Daxarin, the black, Vererin, the white, and Thosasis, the purple. Each of these twelve dragons, gods in their own right, created the mortal dragons and dragonborn in their image to create a diverse and powerful army to crush their enemies. This once scrap between siblings became a very violent war, for no other purpose than war's sake. As the dragonborn troops fought, they grew tired, not having the instinctual drive of their greater kin. This led to both the chromatic and the metallic dragonborn to come to their god-kings and beg them to sue for peace. Zeseldine was shaken from their rage as the pleas of their people were heard. They agreed to sue for peace. Gooksies, on the other hand, was not so kind when their people came to them. Instead of compassion, Gooksies lashed out with rage, killing many and leaving the rest silent with fear, dread, and hopelessness. So when the two gods came to treat, Gooksies took the opportunity to strike. With a lack of morale, the fight was lost before it began. Gooksies and their six god children fled to the heavens, the greater dragonkin scattering to the winds, leaving behind only the chromatic dragon. Zeseldin saw these people and saw the animosity that they held in their hearts against the metallics for the needless bloodshed between their people. To prevent further bloodshed, Zeseldin proposed that Chromatics take the two fleets of ships from both sides and sail them to a new land. In fear, they accepted the deal. And some may have held anger against the god for their choice. But they left and landed where the whispering mountain meets the shore and would one day become the great city of Igelfi. Okay, now that we're done with that little bit of lore, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I'd also like to take a quick moment to get you guys caught up on a few things that have happened in the game world between uh, the end of last arc and the beginning of this arc. So, with the capture of Annalyn, now the secretive nature of the investigation uh, dealing with them, now that that has come to a conclusion, the record of that event has now been shown to the public and has been displayed throughout the newspapers and in the media. In doing so, it exposed the Black Pudding's existence in Dirk's bedroom. 
causing for an interesting encounter with their landlord, who promptly kicked them out onto the rumps for this. So the guys have moved to a new place. You guys get to see a little bit more about that soon, but for now, that's what you know. On top of that, the guys have also gotten a raise in the past, and with this shift, and with the loss of their both living quarters and their vehicle, they decided it's time to upgrade. Moving into a larger space to live in, and taking on a few more amenities each. And we'll also get to meet with Bertram as he goes to purchase new vehicles. Okay, and now we are back on, and this time I'm sitting in with Aaron and Hello. talking a little bit about Bertram. So, first off, let's talk about Bertram's level up to level Ooh. seven. Yes. So, what did what did that do for for Bertram? Uh, Bertram has access to fourth level spells. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> we ended up with greater invisibility. Okay. For, are you sure? Are you, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm so not sure. You're not sure. Okay. No. Okay. Well, um, but it's probably going to be this. There's just so many good options. I wanted to avoid taking something concentration, but uh, just all the ones I keep going back to are concentration anyway. So, and compulsion isn't that great. And uh, whatever the other option, fourth level option that I was considering ended up not being that great. Really, it came down to greater invisibility or D-Door because... Yeah. Yep. There's good options. Because there's just so much utility in yeah. Dimension Door. Dimension Door just has a big limitation of only being able to take one person. Well, I can take someone else that's my size. Right. But... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. One other person. Yeah, just one other person. Yeah, so. I mean, that, that sucks, but greater invisibility only works on one person anyway. Right. That's, so. I mean, it's totally fair. <laughs> uh, so... Now that we talked about your level up, um, oh, uh, so did oh, you get Charm Monster was a strong contender, but Charm Monster, know. yeah, that's it's so good, but yeah, that's a good one. So I'm not sure, but that's where we are right now. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Um, so now that we're done with that, we're gonna head into a little bit of story and kind of going along the theme of this Lord of the Lands episode. Uh, nothing big's gonna happen here. Okay. It's just going to be Bertram doing some normal guy stuff. Uh, and this time, he uh, he gets to go out and buy a new vehicle for the gang. Slash vehicles, possibly. We'll see what happens. Um, and instead of worrying about cash, because um, I find that difficult in this sort of medium. So uh, instead, what we're going to do is Bertram is going to be trying to purchase it uh, as he wishes to. Um, and then based on how well he does and how well he rolls, we'll determine whether or not he can afford said thing. Uh, so we're just going to hop right into it. As Bertram, you are currently walking down a uh, muddy and cold street. Um, you are currently in the central district. You got dropped off at uh, the uh, Skyrail station not too far from here, and are currently approaching a uh, vehicle depot. And here they sell a variety of different vehicles, from gliders to uh, quad motors and even bimotors. So, uh, as you approach, you are quickly greeted by a dragonborn salesman. Hello, sir. Greetings to you. 
Greetings to you. Uh, c- please, please, come in. Come in out of the cold. I will come up to the building. And he ushers you over uh, to the building. As he does, he walks you by a bunch of uh, very shiny, very fancy uh, bimotors. Uh, please, come come in. Uh, can I get you anything to drink? Uh, before, before you even go in, I'm just going to kind of... Uh, I want to loiter around the uh, bimotors that we walk by that are kind of shiny and just just kind of look I want to give a air of being unimpressed just like mm. okay not All quite right. what we're looking for okay uh, not quite up to the standard go ahead and give me a performance check then okay let's go I should be good at this <clears throat> it's a natural one <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. So nine, uh, nine with okay. a natural one. All right. So uh, you're nine with a natural one. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. So you are walking by these, and you stop to kind of like unimpressed. Just one of them, just like it's nice. <laughs> and and you actually you snag on your own coat as you're walking, Oops. and you trip and fall into one. <clears throat> oh. Uh, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw sure. to catch yourself and not <laughs> wow. domino these very expensive vehicles. <laughs> Ooh, that's much better. 22. Okay, so with a 22, you don't actually even touch it. You actually, like, catch yourself and, like, you, like, your arms are whirling backwards and you see your reflection <laughs> as you are a few inches away from, uh, from the, the bimotor there. Uh, as you catch yourself, um, and the the salesman turns back. Oh, are, are you all right? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm doing well. I just I didn't see this one here. It kind of did, leapt out at me. Oh, it, oh, you did. did it, you I don't know if it was parked exactly uh, parallel with the rest. I feel as though it may have been jutted out a bit. And <clears throat> uh, that's possible. Uh, give me give me one moment. And he walks over to it. Said it scoots it back like <laughs> half an inch. Oh, there we are. Perfect. Well done. What is your name? My name? Yes. It's a very good question. <laughs> well, I am uh, Bertram Gurdstride. <clears throat> I'm sure it is a pleasure to meet you. It is a pleasure to meet you, sir. My name is Verol. Verol. Well, uh, it is a pleasure to meet you. Um, sorry for the uh, distraction here. I believe you're taking me inside. Yes. Uh, did did the did the bimoto catch your eye? Uh, well, it caught my clothing and a bit of my eye. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, we can go in. There's there's show models inside. Uh, come on in. So he ushers you in, um, and as you enter the room, um, he uh, motions over. Would you like a beverage? And uh, there is a full-service bar right there. Uh, sure. What would you like? Do you mind if I just uh, avail myself of the uh, space? Of course. Of course. Bertrand will just go behind the bar and... (laughs) uh, Almost like he's been behind this bar many times, but he hasn't. Uh, Just find all the things, find all the glasses, find all the shakers, and just pour a... Something. Okay. All right. So, are you trying to be intimidating by doing this, or are you trying to just make another performance? Hmm. I don't. Um. 
yeah, maybe maybe it's intimidating just because it's showy, but it's it's not like intimidating like. Urgh. Totally get it. So uh, I want you to make an intimidation check, but instead of using your charisma, you're going to use your dexterity. I don't like it as much. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's only slightly worse. It's much worse. Uh, it's only me, minus two. Let's see. So straight decks. Yep. No, that's not. No, true. not straight decks. Are you proficient in intimidation? Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha now. Yeah. So you still get your proficiency, and if it's okay, it's a natural twenty. No. Twenty-six. <gasps> All right. So Bertram, <laughs> describe what you do to this bar. Um. So I'm. I'm going and I'm there's like a chilled shaker underneath and I'm just gonna grab that and kind of uh like all, the bottle flipping challenge meme whatever yep yep I'm just gonna flip that onto the table so it lands and just kind of warbles straight up um while I continue looking for other uh liquors and uh mix-ins and um I'm just grabbing like two bottles at a time and pouring them both with one hand while I'm rummaging for something else. And I just kind of like let those slide to the other end of the bar and I pour pour the rest and big, big uh, amount of ice. And because there's ice in it, I'm going to stir it because okay. I'm not a heathen. Uh, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> while it's stirring, uh, I don't have any magic that can help me with this, I don't think. Let me just double check. Mm, no. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to, while it's, while it's stirring, I'm going to grab another glass and just kind of pour it out while straining it. All right. Awesome. Uh, so you just pour one glass for yourself or do you pour two? That's an excellent question. Uh, Bertram would pour two. Okay. So he pours two glasses. All right, cool. So you pour two glasses, one for you and one for the salesman and just completely just, I guess he tries really hard to not show how impressed he is. (laughs) But he is definitely like, eyes are really wide. His mouth's like, like partially open. Like that. That. Are you a bartender, sir? No. Um, just a hobbyist. Well, uh, that's very impressive. Oh, thank, thank you. One. This for is me. absolutely for you. Of course. I feel, uh, uh, most business relationships start best uh, well lubricated. Agreed. Okay. Uh, any. To a vehicle that suits your needs. And he drinks to it. Now, on to business. You, sir, need a vehicle, correct? Yes. Um, I'm a man about town, a man of danger and intrigue. Danger Uh, and intrigue. Look no further. And as he, he says this, he steps aside and behind him, there was no vehicle before, but there is one now. And it is a completely black and sleek version of the bimotor that you saw outside. This right here is one of our newest models. Well, uh, tell me about it. It's clearly of the bimotor variety. It Uh, is. uh, But the question I'm going to ask you is, why don't you continue telling me what you need? Very well. um, So... As a man about town, uh, I have many colleagues, and uh, I couldn't possibly be roaming about in a vehicle as fine as this or any others I've seen here, and they also not have something equally as perfect for our needs. I see. So what you're looking for is a package deal. 
How much? How many? Well, um... I don't know. Uh, Is this a business that you are purchasing this for? You know, you do get tax write-offs for that. Well, between you and me, uh, we have quite the business idea, yes? Oh. But I would have to tie you up in endless uh, paperwork to tell you any anything further. So, um, tell me, so this, this is rather nice. It, you know, it's sleek, uh, which <laughs> fits my style rather well. Is this the best you can do for a man of danger and intrigue and someone who needs the agility to dash between other vehicles, chase down a foe, and uh, maybe evade some ne'er-do-wells? Well, um, hmm. well, first off, you discussed how many do you need first. Well, I mean, I would say at minimum three, but you could never do wrong with having a spare or three. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, well, we'll discuss that later, but uh, initially, so what sort of work are you planning on getting into? Um, well, we are the, uh, <clears throat> type of folks that, uh, prevent those that might take advantage of our good citizenry, uh, we prevent their endeavors. So a form of law enforcement? I, can I get a sense of this, uh, with his kind of inquiry, how, how his temperature is on the police? Uh, he Does he like them? Does he hate them? Is there any, certainly like any insight just from that and uh, his body language I can pick up on? I think you just said it out loud and roll an insight check. Yeah, I was, I was fishing for it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to just say, I want to roll an insight check yeah, on this dude. You know, I know. I, I, I appreciate it. I ask for check. <clears throat> 19. 19. Okay. All right. So, yeah, uh, he just looks like you're trying really hard to beat around the bush <laughs> for no reason, but he's he's just trying to like well, we enforce the law. We we um ah. you may say are the law, but so chasing down individuals. Uh um ooh. You know what? We just got something in a few months ago. I think that this will do great for you. And he snaps his finger and in front of you the Bimotor changes just slightly, and it's, it's on this rotating platform, right? So it's slowly rotating around, and as it as it rotates to the ass end of it, um, you notice that now there are twin jets on the back of it. These right here will give you a burst of speed unlike any other. Well, that's quite the claim. Uh, could we see a demonstration, or do you care to put your... I word where your product is. Mr. Durstride, right? Uh, I would love to, but first, let's talk about everything else that this baby has. Oh, by all means. So first off, he snaps his fingers again, and now a grappling hook is attached to the front of it. You need to catch someone. This right here will do you very well. Well, it seems... Rather pointy enough for the job. Um, shall we see a demonstration, or are there more finger snaps to come? Uh, well, for now, no, but we could see a demonstration if you wish. Could you please sit upon the cycle? I would be happy to. Okay. 
and as you sit on it, you feel a tingle in your hands as you grip it. Um, and just with your base knowledge of magic, this feels like some sort of illusion, but it is here physically. So you're assuming that this is not a real bike that you are sitting on right now. Yep. Okay. So. All right. Now, put these on. And he gives you a set of glasses. Very well. And Not my style, but... <clears throat> you place them on. And you are transported to a strip. Just a strip. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm going to uh, turn on the bimotor and just obnoxiously rub the engine. Uh, it has this deep, low hum to it. Nice. Um, I'm going to kind of rev it and <laughs> drop it into first. And just so, out. And yeah, you, you literally peel out as you get going. And it is faster than anything you've been in since you were here. And it's pretty damn fast. Um, and once you get it back up, once you get it up to full speed, a light begins to blink. Oh, we're pushing a button. And there's the button. You press <laughs> the button. Uh, you have trouble holding on. <laughs> That's nice. It's a good um, problem to have. And it only lasts for a short bit, but mm -hmm. it feels like forever as you're sitting on it. And and it comes to back to that, that speed before, which now feels insanely slow, but it's still faster than anything else. Um... And then, oh, and uh, don't forget to try out that uh, grappling hook. Here, uh, you hear a snap again. And now in front of you, there is a comedically um, dressed robber uh, <laughs> in, in the white and black stripes, you know, with the mask and everything like that, carrying a bag of money. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, has the symbol on it and everything like that. Uh, and they are riding in a stolen um, car or a stolen quad motor driving in front of you. Yeah, we're going to uh, grapple the shit out of it. <laughs> so you grapple the shit out of it, and you it sticks into the back of the bumper of this vehicle. And it begins to reel itself in, and your your bike accelerates to catch up to it. That's exactly what I want. Cool. Uh, additionally, you can choose to fire additionally uh, an additional time and it will detach so if you press the button again it'll it'll detach a Let's second go. grappling hook shoots out behind you sticking <laughs> into the ground and it releases completely from you and you watch as this quad motor's rear axle is ripped off <laughs> of it and it just flips Yeah. Well, that was uh, the pleasant surprise. Quite a feat of engineering. Um, <clears throat> Why don't you bring that thing to a stop for us, and I'll show you its last feature. Well, just a moment. I just want to, like, try to... <laughs> 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 uh, like, skiing between the flags. Uh, yeah. I just want to, like, see how it turns in uh, corners. Uh, so, yeah, you notice you can get all the way down to the ground with it. Real okay. good. Real good. That's kind of wild. Yep. Well, what's that? Um, yeah, knee scraping the pavement, literally. Um. All right. Well, um, that's a good start. What? What? You said there was more features. One last feature. Bring it to a stop, and step off. 
I do so. And now you notice that on the seat, there is a button. That wasn't there. I'm going to push the button. Okay. And a <laughs> handle pops up directly out of the seat, and it folds inwards. Yes. Down to the size <laughs> yes. of a nice, sleek, leather brief- briefcase. Well, good things come in small packages. Yes, they do. Now, what do you think? Well, I think if you have five more, I'm a happy man. Oh, I have five more. Now, question is, can you afford it? Well, why don't you take those glasses off and we can go sit in my office and chat? Yeah. So you take them off and he sets it down. And as you walk away, the bike disappears. And you sit down. Okay, now, let's talk Cap. Sure. Well, but before we do that, I'd like to talk relationships. Okay. You see, as I'm a man of, I, that I've described before, I don't believe this will be the last purchase we'll be making. Or even the second or third to last. I would like you and I to develop a cordial business relationship and both to our mutual benefit. Because people try to kill us often. And by doing that, they will destroy our vehicles. And I would like to say that I can come and see my good friend, <coughs> whose name I forget. <laughs> and I do too. Uh, Varol. I'd like to say I could come see my good friend, Varol. And uh, I know before I enter the door, he'll be happy to see me with something new and interesting. I, I could... Uh get behind that uh so would you like to open a business account with us well sure i'm open to the idea okay uh i'll just need the uh, identification for your business please and then we can get this uh underway um and then we can talk about discounts for you and your budding business that sounds wonderful you don't have the information for I, this business. I so we we might we might though. You might we might you might we might. Yeah, you can use one of your special <laughs> points for that. It. Okay, so you are they fake papers? Um, so it's it's basically like a shell company. Like okay, every okay. it's everything on paper looks and is legitimate, but like you go to the address and it's like it's just like an alley. I see, uh, and like you've put all like um. You guys have racked up a credit score now we, because yeah, we've because done like past like previous all, ghost purchases, real right. purchases, like, like we all have of a Adam's history. supplies and stuff for alchemy go through that. Yep. So like it looks like you guys are actually a uh, investigative <laughs> service and all this. Fuck. Okay. All right. So that's yeah. Count off one of those points. Yes. Ah, uh, fuck. It would be one of my contact. No. Would have done it. No. What do you have other than you have intuition? Let me check. Here. You should have one. I know I have at least one other. I have two more in contacts and one in memory. Okay, so you can take out your one in memory. Okay. Okay, uh, so yeah, you, you show him the paperwork. I have one more in contact. I have a note here. Okay. All right, so then next up is going to be the purchase. Now, I need a solid 
persuasion check. <laughs> you need to roll solidly. <laughs> you do. You do. Hmm. Don't want to spell him because <laughs> I do actually yeah. want to buy shit later. Yeah. I just make sure there's not a spell that'll piss him off. Or won't piss him off. You know, I do know of one thing you could use that is a special ability of yours. Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I was going to definitely tap into that shit. Yeah. Because I'm going to need to. Um, yeah. What about, how Fast friends, time? I think they know after it's done. Um, let me look up that info. Okay, I am going to spend a charge for Guile of the Dragon. My kind of warm brown eyes with have like impregnated flecks of green now that just seem to shimmer. Okay, alright, so roll this persuasion check. Doesn't sound as good. Um, that is 19. 19. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, but I don't know if you'll be able to afford all five. Well, that's that's where Bertram started the negotiation. <laughs> that is correct. But your finances fall a little short. Okay. So what I'm going to have you do is you can roll a D4. Mm-hmm. Minus, uh, yeah, just a D4. Mm-hmm. Plus two. Okay. And this is the number that you... So there's a chance that you could get six out yeah. of this deal. <laughs> But let's go three. Okay, so, so there you, you got your five. Yeah, you were able to get your five. Okay, cool. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> All right. So there you go. You have your five quad mo- or uh, bi motors that have all of these features that I listed. Uh, while that was an illusion that you were uh, seeing, it is not fake. It was completely real. So dope. All right, you walk away with five of these. Uh, for you, your gang, and possibly friends slash replacements when things <laughs> go bad. It's like you find that pair of shoes that you really love, and you just have so much money to not care, so you just buy like six pairs. Alrighty then. This seems like a really odd thing to do, but alright. Uh, so, you uh, you have gotten your vehicle situation uh, managed, and we're going to move on to the next person. So thank you, Aaron. Talk to you later and bye. Bye. Isn't this some good quality music? This is Giants on the War March. Earth Shakers Go to War by Renee Van Toll from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content. 
access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice Heist. Okay, now we are going to move on to Dirk's story. So with me now is Nick. Hey, guys. And also Faye. Hello. And she is going to be back to play Scarlet in this little snippet about Dirk. Uh, So before we jump into this snippet of story, why don't we take a moment to talk about Dirk's level up to level 7. So before in the last arc, he was only level 6, and now at level 7, he gets a few new abilities that I think might change how I write encounters because (laughs) they are devastating. Do you want to enlighten us, Nick? Uh, Yeah, so essentially what I'm going to be doing is uh, Dirk's defensive capabilities are going to shoot through the roof. Uh, which uh, at level 7 as a rogue he gets evasion Uh, so evasion is basically half damage on a failed deck save and then no damage on a successful deck save against like spells or breath weapons anything like that Uh, and then he also is getting one more first level spell slot and two second level spell slots that's his first time having second level spells and he picked up the spell mirror image so between mirror image and evasion he will officially be a tank uh respectfully uh yeah yeah no totally agree i i think uh because you have four first level spells and then two second level spells now correct this is this is where it feels like you can actually use spells without having to worry about like Am I going to have this for when I need it, you know? Right. A lot lot more flexibility than what I had before, yeah. Right. You don't have to be as reserved with your own spells. Uh, so you can actually feel like you can use them rather than just sticking to cantrips constantly. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah. Uh, as a DM, I'm terrified for <laughs> trying to throw challenges at Dirk now. But uh, we'll, we'll cross those bridges when we get there. Um, now we're going to jump into a little interaction with... Dirk and Scarlet. And we're going to start off this scene with Dirk sitting in the apartment of all uh, of the three heroes. Um, and the other two are out. Dirk uh, is just sitting there alone with uh, Zed just nibbling on some grain next to him. Um, you assume that Bertram is out as a, at a bar like usual and Adam is probably either in the lab or at the library. What is Dirk thinking right now? Uh, so, yeah, uh, Dirk is there sitting on the couch, just kind of looking up at the ceiling. Uh, he is he has this ball in his hand that he's just kind of throwing up to the ceiling, and he has his mage hand up above him, just catching it and then dropping it again. Uh, just, just dicking around, wasting time, thinking about things. And 
then suddenly Scarlet crosses his mind. Ah, Zed, uh, I'm a little nervous, but uh, I think I should uh, message Scarlet, see if she wants to go out sometime. Uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, in his page, uh, Dirk messages to Scarlet. Hey, Scarlet. Uh, it was really nice seeing you on the street the other day. I would really love to meet up sometime and uh, maybe go grab something to eat and catch up. Uh, it's it's been way too long. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, thanks. So, um, Scarlet receives that message and she's thinking to her, to herself, like, oh my gosh, you know, um, got a message from Dirk, um, old feelings and are rising and just reminiscing all the memories and stuff. And then she replies, um, thank you so much for responding to me. It was so great, um, bumping into you the other day. I would absolutely love to catch up. Um, do you have any ideas of where you would want to go for our for the meeting or date or whatever you have in mind question mark and then sent <laughs> uh so after reading that message dirk thinks to himself shit 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 i didn't think this through uh and he'll start frantically messaging to bertram bertram i need help uh trying to ask an old friend out on a date to a dinner, have no idea where to go, trying to impress her. Please help. Send. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And Nick will receive, uh, I'm sorry, Dirk will receive a uh, very poorly spelled message back from Bertram because he is obviously inebriated. Uh, the, the writing is also <laughs> like, he can't keep a straight line as he's writing it either. So, like, it's just kind of, like, going up and down. Like, <laughs> his his capital letters are, like, in the middle of the word sometimes. Oh, it's no. very confusing. But after you finally understand, he said something about the amber chimney. You're not sure. But, but you hear this, and you're like, you remember hearing about this very fancy restaurant in the central district uh, of the, by this name. Right. Uh, so, after reading that, uh, Dirk will just kind of respond to... Bertram one more time. Do I need a reservation? Can you help me get a reservation if so? And then send. Uh, so you get a response basically like, yeah, I can do that for you. And then can you come pick me up? (laughs) 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 Uh, Dirk Dirk thinks to himself, hmm, all right, uh, yeah. Uh, and then he'll jot down, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Where are you at? And then send. Uh, so, yeah. You get you get a response that says dot, dot, dot. I'm not really sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the inebriated scrapper. Uh, so yeah, Dirk will, uh, before taking off to go pick up Bertram, he'll, uh, send a new message, uh, back to Scarlet. Uh, how does the Amber Chimney sound? Uh, I have to 
figure out making a reservation, but I'll, I'll get back to you with a, with a time and date. And, uh, I hope that you agree. And I would really love to see you again. Send. (laughs) So Scarlet opens up the message and reads it. And her response is, I haven't heard of that place, but I am interested to try out new things and, um, see what it's all about and just to give me the information about it and I can't wait to see you and then send okay uh, so Dirk you can uh, look up in a directory of where it where it is located and send that along to, to Scarlet uh, and then you also pick a date uh, what time do you want to take her out uh, yeah. what time do you suggest to her Dirk would probably suggest mm. Six o'clock. It seems like a okay. good, good time. Right. So Dirk sends that back along to you, Scarlet. So the message says just the time. Does it say the day? Yeah, it says the day, the time, and also the location of the place. We'll say Saturday, 6 p.m., the Amber Chimney. Send. Okay, so Scarlet's going to open up the message. Um, double check with her schedule for that day and kind of see like what meetings are going on. Um, right. So she does know that she doesn't have anything planned for that day as of yet. So she's going to open up the message and then send. Um, it looks like I don't have anything going on that day, so it's perfect. Um, can't wait to see you and um, hope you're doing well. Send. Perfect. All right. Uh, so after reading that, Dirk will just think to himself, Oh, I did it. I did it. All right. Zed, give, give, give me feather. And he'll put his hand up and Zed will just kind of hippity hop over to him and just lift up his wing and tap Dirk's hand. (laughs) 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 And then, uh, and then Dirk, uh, looks towards the door all right well i guess we ought to go find bertram and uh give him a ride back home so uh come on zed let's go get that drunkard all righty and you head off uh maybe a little bit better off than you were but i don't know about you i feel like there's still some anxiety going on oh de- definitely Dirk, Dirk, <laughs> in, in dirk's mind he's very excited but also terrified because he He's only been on maybe two other dates in his lifetime, and they did not go well. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. All righty. And I think this is where we're going to leave you guys. Uh, Thank you very much, Nick, and also Faye for joining us and giving us this little bit of story about Dirk. I I think next Lore of the Lands, we definitely will have uh, a little segment just for scarlet herself individually uh so that'll be a lot of fun uh we'll talk to you guys later bye bye guys okay now i am with bronson for adam's section of this lore lands episode and why don't you say hi bronson hey everybody bronson here adam vadova you know me and we also have a surprise guest uh with nick hey guys how's it going i'm back as Dirk, as Dirk, there's no, there's no as, new character that we're going to Dirk. introduce in a Lord of the Lands episode. I, I feel like now I have to make that clear because 
<laughs> you have all now played at least one other character. So that's fair. Very yep. true. Uh, so first off, why don't we talk about Adam's level up? So Adam leveled up to level seven, like everyone else. And Adam is a multi-classed uh, rogue wizard. So which of those two classes did you give this level to? I gave the level to wizard, putting me at fourth level wizard now and third level rogue. Uh, along with that, I gained, since it's fourth level, instead of taking a feat, I opted for the ability score improvements. So my intelligence went up by one. It's now 18. And my wisdom went up by one is also 18. What else changed with Adam? Uh, other than that, really just picked out some new spells, shifted some spells around to where appropriate. Okay. And so for first level spells, I picked up Magic Missile, which I think is a really good just like automatic if I need to hit something. Uh, right. And then I also picked up uh, Grease as a first level spell. And I think that's going to be useful. I've seen Aaron use it in uh, other campaigns that we've been a part of, and he uses it pretty effectively. So I'm excited to see what Adam could do with it as well. And then okay. as far as second level spells go, I got Mirror Image, uh, which I felt like I wanted to get because Dirk uses it frequently. And I'm like, damn, that's just it's too good not to have for someone that's really squishy. And... I also got Flock of Familiars. So now I can basically summon a bunch of familiars. Not sure what form they're going to take yet. Uh, not a swarm of rats? No? Maybe. That's not that's not off the table. But regardless, something that's going to be likely used to scout. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see... It, it feels like Adam is lagging behind, but he has the abilities of both still, so uh, it's it's still a fun character and is, is definitely not underpowered, for sure. I agree. So now that we've gotten that done, uh, we are going to jump into the new training room. Now, earlier on in the episode, I mentioned how the guys have moved into a new place. Uh, you guys will hear a lot more about the different aspects of this home, but one of them, chosen, of course, by Dirk, was a training room. And this training room is decked out to the nines. Excuse nice. me. And it's got, like, a bunch of targets for them to shoot at. It's got a lot of different um, things for them to swing off of, ropes hanging from the ceilings, uh, bars everywhere, uh, basically a parkour course throughout. And this room is, of course, larger on the inside than on the outside because, you know, this is D&D &D and we have to do that. You can't, you can't pass <laughs> up any opportunity to not do that. Uh, so today we find Adam and Dirk just standing in this room for probably not the first time. I'm sure they, they stepped in here to look at, to check it out, but this is probably the first time they've ever stepped in here to actually exercise and to work together or work against each other to try and train their skills. And it's in this moment that both of them kind of realize that this sparring session really has never happened. Yeah. Uh. Adam, you know what? I don't think you and I have ever crossed blades before. Of course, we'll use the uh, these dull training blades, but uh, what do you say? 
Sure, I'm fine with that. Uh, could still get kind of dangerous, though. Do we still want to include magics? Sure, how about just uh, no magic that, you know, does any serious damage? Since, you know, we're not trying to kill each other here. That's a good point. Um, alright, so how do you want to start this off? Normally I would have Bertram here to fire off his pistol to start things, but, uh... How about we just uh, stand about 20 feet apart? And then, three, two, one, go. Sure. And Adam's gonna find. I don't know, I'm imagining like maybe center of this training room is kind of like open, like big mm-hmm. open matted area uh, with the obstacle course or uh, parkour gym sort of surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Adam would just go to the opposite end from where Dirk is, I suppose. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you you each square up against each other. Uh, can you each roll me uh, initiative rolls? Oh, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And Dirk just kind of flourishes his training blade and points it right at Adam as he's preparing. I have eight total. Okay. You have eight total? I have ten total. <laughs> okay, so Dirk rolling poorly for initiative for once. Uh, <laughs> but so, still better than Adam. <laughs> so both of you kind of seem a little reluctant, kind of um, a little bit uncomfortable by the idea of this, as this is kind of like the first time, and it, it's like breaking in something new. You're, you're just, you're not really sure how it's going to work. You don't sure. have that chemistry yet. Uh, so, uh, Dirk, you see a, f- uh, a flinch in Adam's shoulder and you think, you think he's moving, um, and you move first. Okay. So what do you do? Uh, and in this, I don't want it to, you guys to feel like it has to be just a straight out, uh, combat against each other. Right. Think of this more, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with skill challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of this a little bit more like that. So different things here and there, just training different aspects of how you can maneuver in combat, uh, doing different things, attacking in different ways rather than just straight on attacking every time. Sure. Right. I like it. Okay. I know exactly what I'm going to Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dirk starting off, he's going to try his new his new spell that he he's learned. Uh, he's okay. going to cast mirror image on himself and okay. I imagine Adam will probably quickly do the same exact thing <laughs> right right like, uh, yeah so y- you think he's moving in and you instantly just pop that off uh, is that a bonus action or an action to cast uh, unfortunately it is an action okay uh, so uh, Adam you you notice that he uh, begins casting uh, uttering the the incantation for his mirror image, which you you know personally and almost reflexively, do you do the same, or what else? Let me see here. Let me see. <laughs> All right, uh, Adam is going to cast grease underneath in a ten foot square, uh, 
centered on, I guess, like the middle of the. Because, like, does the mirror image only take up like that five foot square? Like, it's just like a bunch of images of him within the yeah. five feet, or is it like a yeah? Warrior? So you you see four dirks uh, occupying one five foot square, but they're all slightly different places. Perfect. Uh, yeah, and I mean, a mirror image is is I mean, like a five foot square is actually really big. It's just like yeah. that's much space you need to be able to maneuver in combat. So, mm-hmm. well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Adam is going to raise his glove, and so uh, he would raise his glove out towards Dirk, and mm-hmm. underneath Dirk's feet, it looks like the ground is just like slowly seeping up. Uh, some weird, like slick oil beneath your feet. Okay. As al- almost as if it's like being wrung from the the like wood floors from below. Yeah, like it's it, like if someone you know how you see in the movies, you know, someone gets their throat slit or something, and they start bleeding right. from the floor. It's like that, but in reverse. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So below you now, Dirk, you you see this pool of of uh, uh, oil. Is there an immediate? Yes. Saving throw required. Okay, so when go ahead and make that appears, saving throw. Each creature standing in its area must succeed on a dex saving throw or fall prone. Ooh, a dex okay. save. That's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. What? What? Oh, no. No, no, no. It's okay. Keep going. Keep going. I got a 17. That, yeah, that beats it. That beats it? Okay. All right. So uh, this pool of grease uh, forms uh, below your feet, and you hold steady, even though you do feel the slickness of it below. You are prepared for this. Uh, is there anything else you would like to do with your turn, Adam? Yes. Uh, Adam is going to use his bonus action to begin his blade song. Okay. And then uh, if I could move... Adam would want to back up like as far away as he could get uh, at the moment. Okay. Uh, so as you back up, it is this parkour course uh, behind you. Are you going to try and raise your elevation or uh, kind of sneak around the obstacles or what are you doing? I'm going to like try to dart through the obstacles, you know, make myself okay. skinny if I have to. Okay. Uh, and try and stay at ground level. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make doing... you make a check for that. I was going to say, well, for flavor, or maybe not for flavor, up to you, but I was gonna Adam was gonna be very acrobatic in his moving around this parkour area and trying okay. to get trying to get basically the actual gym in between him and Dirk. Okay. Uh go ahead and make an acrobatics check, and this is to move your entire the entirety of your full movement, because normally it would be difficult terrain. So go ahead Fair and enough. roll that. Okay. I do get advantage because of my Blade song. I'm looking for a 15 or higher. Okay. Damn, I got 13. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, you are not quite able to uh, move your full uh, 40 movement, um, but I'm going to give you better than the uh, 20 at half pace, half pace. So you're going to move 30 further away. So you are currently 50 feet from Dirk. Sounds good um, to me. Inside this kind of like maze of the uh, the parkour course. Um, so and Dirk can uh, see Dirk... like Adam staring through him just through like 
what happens to be, from Dirk's uh, perspective, like a small hole where you can kind of see Adam's eyes uh, right the gym. I'm imagining that this parkour course does not like fully obscure. It's more like there's like metal bars holding it up, and like there's there's like these ladder like step or like um like walls that are there, but then on other sides there aren't walls. So like you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of viewing space between it, so you guys can still see I each see other. That. There's there's some obstacles in the way though. So all right. Um. Cool. So Dirk, you are up. All right, uh, so Dirk is going to first, as carefully as need be, uh, try to scoot out of the out of the grease. Okay. Uh, so I don't know so, if it's like half movement or... Uh, he probably needs to make another deck save at the beginning of his... Or whenever he moves through it, correct? Uh, well, he's already in the area, and it, it says, like, uh, when the grease appears, he's supposed to do that. And then when a creature enters the area or ends its turn there, must also succeed on a deck save or fall prone. Okay, so he gets a free pass. He gets a free pass until the end of... Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're able to move through it no problem without without issue. Okay, cool. Uh, So yeah, in that case, uh, Dirk is going to... Oh, it is difficult terrain, though. I'm sorry. It is difficult. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's what, a 10-foot square? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll say, based on that, Adam would have put it in the most advantageous way. So you lose um, uh, an additional 10 feet of movement. So just passing through it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just uh, start heading uh, in Adam's direction. Uh, if I need to use my bonus action to dash, I will. Um, okay. But actually, I will use my bonus action to dash using uh, my mobile feet. Uh, Only. Yeah. So, so your your speed jumps from forty to now eighty, and this also means that you can ignore that difficult terrain as well. Exactly. Uh, so there is no acrobatics check required either as you're trying to maneuver through to get to him. So while while Adam was doing all these flips, uh, every single flip that he nailed, you do one one step better, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are like. Uh, now you're right up on him with that, uh, but your your bonus action and your movement have both been used. Yep. Uh, and then Dirk's just gonna go in for a good old attack. He's not gonna screw around with his booming blade because he doesn't want to hurt him. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and make that attack roll. That is a let's see with a rapier that would be twenty to hit. Uh, does that hit your AC? It normally would, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. but as my reaction, I'm casting shield. Okay, so uh, the training blade comes within inches of Adam's shoulder, and with a flash, he flicks his wrist, and up pops this arcane shield that doesn't just spring up into action blocking it, but literally you feel the force of it as it pushes the blade away, uh, as it pops up, and this this kind of like glow around him remains. Um, until uh, it is his turn. Uh, so that, I believe, would be the end of your turn, Dirk. Uh, yep. Okay, so uh, after popping off this shield very skillfully, it is now Adam's turn. Okay. okay. I'm going to... There goes nothing. Would a 16 hit? Uh, my armor class is 17. Dang. Okay. So that misses. Uh, so Dirk 
uh, skillfully dodges uh, with all four copies of himself. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do with? Oh your wait, turn? actually, uh, you need to roll to see which or whether he attacks me or one of the copies because that oh, would yeah. hit one of the copies. Yeah. I I rolled uh, a two, which would be lower, so that means it would hit me if it could <laughs> but the one it. time that you probably wanted to hit a dude <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right <laughs> it's okay all right so uh the dupes are all still there and it is now uh, uh is there anything else adam is going to do with his turn it's a bonus action perfect uh i am going to as a bonus action cast misty step okay oh okay cool and that's that's pretty sweet. <laughs> so, uh, and that that doesn't trigger a, a nope attack opportunity. Okay. Yeah, teleportation does not. Okay. So I'm gonna teleport thirty feet somewhere in this uh, gym behind Dirk, and then use uh, my remaining forty speed to go even further. Okay. Okay. So you don't have the action economy to hide, um, but are you trying to put an obstacle between you and Dirk when you do this? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to have you roll a stealth check. Okay. Um, but what is your bonus to stealth? My bonus to stealth is five. Okay. And Dirk, what is your bonus to perception? Perception. Yes. Uh, it is also plus five. Okay. Uh, so in this case, I'm just going to have you guys do a roll off then. Uh, so each of you roll a d20 and we'll see the results. Uh, uh, I got that 20. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Should we reroll? Oh, for real. <laughs> yeah, re-roll, re-roll. Oh, God. Man. Oh, that's way worse. Uh, if it's just a normal roll, we're not adding anything to it, right? Right, right. Five. Uh, Five. Six. Six. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, so, uh, Dirk has a moment of panic as he just no longer sees Adam. And, and in the area where you're at, you don't have very good visibility, but you think you just have this intuition that he's behind you. Um, and, and you turn and you see a flash of clothing as it goes behind a uh, one of the obstacles. Okay. Uh, and it is your turn. All right. Uh, Dirk is going to uh, in the direction that he he saw the the little flash of the clothing, he's gonna jump into action, and him and his three duplicates, uh, you know, phasing around each other, leaping off of one obstacle onto another, as he does a flip, and he runs up a a vertical wall or a pole, uh, mm -hmm. just a little bit uh, before getting basically right on top of Adam and he's wanting to leap down from uh, 
on top of him, essentially, going at him with a strike with the rapier. And uh, okay. I will use my bonus action to dash if need be. You will definitely actually need to, uh, and you will be barely within range of him as you do so. I'm going to make you roll an acrobatics check, just because, like, that was a really close call, you even seeing him. So I feel like that would be appropriate here for you to catch up to him. Uh, that is a 27 for acrobatics. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I mean, Adam, do you think it's fair that he, <laughs> he catches you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was so, only like, what, like 70 feet? Probably. Right. So he is now right up on you, and he swings down with an attack. Yep. That's a 19 to hit. 19 to hit. That would normally hit. <laughs> Except I <laughs> once again cast shield because Adam's like, oh shit, I didn't <laughs> think you were going to attack from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Dirk viciously swoops down, striking again. This time the shield pops up just barely in time, spinning it off as Dirk falls to the floor, catching himself and uh, levels himself against Adam as Adam does... I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see if this is okay with you, Raislin. Uh, so with magic missile, would I be able to attack purposely his uh, clones and not him? Ooh, that's interesting. So here's the problem with that: is the whole point of mirror image is you can never tell which one's a clone and which one's not. Right. Right. So what you could do, and this is completely up to you if you think it's fair within the bounds of the game. But I think a single magic missile that only does a D4 plus one is not considered lethal damage. You could attack a different um, instance of it. So, like, each missile would attack a different Dirk. Does, does that make right. sense? Yeah, that's... Yeah, so that's then he would roll was... for each one individually. Um, but that's up to you if you think that's fair within the bounds of your agreement to not use lethal damage on each other. Uh, and actually, you know what? Why don't you just do it? Because I think that'd be fun here. And I, I feel like it might be something that Adam might not think about, like, possibly hitting Dirk with it. You know what I mean? I could see that. And this is a brand new spell for Adam, and this is where he's, like, testing it out. So I think, why, yeah, why don't we just go with it? So, Let's Dirk, it. go ahead and roll uh, 3d20s to determine who gets hit. All right. Uh, first one hits a duplicate. Okay, so poof goes a dupe as a magic missile flies to it. Uh, second one hits the other duplicate. Okay, cool. And third one hits dirt. Okay, so, so Adam, uh, precisely targets, uh, three of the dirks that he sees in front of him two of them instantly as soon as it hits poof out of existence and the third a uh, spike jabs into dirk's wrist uh and dirk you feel this i mean uh go ahead and roll a d4 for me okay. that's three points of damage uh okay from the magic so missile. three points of damage and actually you know what it doesn't even puncture the skin uh it's just a uh, uh an ugly bruise um, begins to form as it strikes into you. Okay. That makes sense. It is force damage. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's not even like... This is, in my opinion, 
damage that would be accumulated just from hitting someone too hard with a sword, uh, with a practice sword even. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, I don't know how Dirk would take this though. So this is <laughs> this is interesting. Um, is there anything else that uh, Adam wants to do with his turn after seeing this? Adam would say, "Oops," <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then. Oh, okay. We're using damaging spells now, huh? <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, let me see here. Yeah, I'm going to use my bonus action to use my rogue ability and make an okay. insight check versus Dirk's deception check. Okay, okay. Uh, and if I beat his check, then I get to use my sneak attack on him, even if, uh, even if, basically I get to use my sneak attack on him as long as I'm not uh, disadvantaged. Like, I don't have to be right. like, hiding. Okay, don't have to I like that. Else. I like it. Okay. No, and, and I'm really going to start studying uh, Dirk's movement. Now that he knows, now that there's only like two Dirks standing in front of him, and uh, he's been basically just defending against Dirk's uh, attacks. Onslaught. Yeah. yeah. Um, now he's going to start really studying Dirk's form of combat. Right. Okay. And are you going to move or are you going to stay put for this one after this? Um, are we still right next to each other? Yes. Okay. I'm going to stay put. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Dirk, go ahead and make that deception check. Uh, yeah, Dirk got a 17. Or, no, 15. 15. Adam got a 24. He gets plus 10 to his insight checks. because Nice. Of, uh, <laughs> okay. Hi, so, uh, uh, you are, you got him... You got his number, we'll say. Yeah, you, you definitely know. You have pinpointed his movements. Um, He's and now a are bit right there when he does exactly, that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You, you, he has a tell, and you're able to exploit this here in the future. Uh, but right now, it is Dirk's turn. Uh, yeah, so uh, as Dirk uh, begins his turn... Uh, Zed, who is sitting off on the sidelines, <laughs> is gonna start flying in and uh-huh, okay, <laughs> and fuck with Adam right on his right on the top of his head, just going with a flyby. Okay, uh, and Dirk takes that moment of opportunity to drop down low and uh, stab Adam, stab upwards uh, towards uh, okay. Adam's chest. Go ahead and make that attack roll with advantage with the help action from Zed. Yep. You guys oh, are both a, not playing fair. <laughs> that's a natural 20. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, what would that total be? Yeah. Uh, total would be 27 to hit. Okay. And I'm assuming even with a shield, you could not get that value. What, you said it was 27 to hit? 27 to hit. Yeah, that yeah, there's no yeah, there's no way. Okay. So, uh I have a 19 AC. Okay. Which still wouldn't be enough, but Yeah, 24 now is at your least max. I, I know. Yeah. Yep. Now <laughs> oh, you know. Uh okay. So, uh Dirk, uh you actually whack into him pretty good because this is a sneak attack. Mm-hmm. And you crack him so hard. Adam you have another memory. Oh, oh shit. shit. 
<laughs> so in the middle of this combat, you look up from the pain, and now you're no longer fighting Dirk. You're fighting this large creature. And you're inside the training room that you remember from when you were learning how to cast Scorching Ray. Okay. When you were a child. And as you look up, it is this giant grizzly bear looming over you. As it swings down, its paw scratches across your face. And you are flung ten feet away from it uh, as you go spinning. Um, You feel that you are a, a teenager now probably around the age of 16, 17, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And you feel the blood dripping down your face from this grievous wound, and you stand up. And the rules of engagement you know to be very similar to what your rules with Dirk were. But now you have this primal urge to win and survive. Yeah. How does Adam cheat? to do this yeah i mean that's my biggest damage dealing spell so yeah i'd be firing a scorching ray at it okay so you begin to fire a scorching ray and the pure rage and anger behind it the three beads fuse into one and erupt directly from your hands and land exploding into a large ball of flame. Uh, Dirk, can you please make a dexterity saving throw, please? <laughs> <laughs> yep, saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, so, so how I see this in my head is, like, Dirk smacked me real hard with a fucking rapier, like, maybe across right. the face, even though yes. it's blunted, like, slicing his face open. Right. And uh, in that moment, like, Adam's face just gets really serious, and his brow furrows and he looks like he's looking through you Dirk but not at you and uh that's that's when he would yeah very quickly very reflexively cast Scorching Ray in your direction yeah uh so yeah Dirk sees this eruption of fire uh about Mm -hmm. to about to hit him coming from Adam's hands uh rolled a 24 for his deck save Okay, so Dirk, now at level 7, has the evasion ability, which means that this scorching ray that Adam had intended that became a fireball without warning um, erupts at your feet, and you are able to leap completely out of its range, uh, not taking any damage from it. Um, But Adam, in this moment, uh, you, you see as the flames, they erupt, and the this bear that was in front of you is now your mother. Uh, her hair is singed, her clothing is singed, and uh, she stands there in a fighting pose and says, You fucking cheated. <laughs> and as she says that glaring at you, you hear a slow clap off to the side as your father walks up to you. Excellent, Adam. You have learned to fight outside of the box. You are becoming more and more powerful every day. You will be an excellent tool for the war. And as soon as you hear those words, you snap back out of it. As uh, Dirk is like 
grabbing your clothing and is just shaking you. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Were you trying to kill me? Uh, Adam would, in the moment, shove Dirk away from him and storm out. He'd okay. like throw the rapier down to you. Okay. He would, he would leave. Okay. And Dirk just kind of stands there, just looking at the huge scorch mark left. And Zed lands on his shoulder. Like, what the fuck was that about? Ah, I'll let him go for now. <laughs> uh, and and as uh, as you just stand there, kind of like waiting, you see a um, a sweeper automaton come out of the wall and begin like cleaning up the scorch marks on the floor. Well, I was going to try to see if you wanted to do this special move together, but I guess that'll be another time. Oh, well. well. Okay. Uh, and we find Adam. Where do we find Adam? He would be... He would go for a walk. Uh, okay. He would want to get... Just like get some alone time and reflect on this new but not new memory right okay I think we're going to leave Adam and Dirk there thank you guys so much for joining me for that and I am so sorry I had to ruin the fun of Dirk and Adam playing back and forth <laughs> with each other no that was, was really time. fun I enjoyed it yeah I, I think I think it'd be fun to explore a little bit more in the future too but uh, yeah, for sure. So Adam is left with the third memory of his childhood that he does not remember. So uh, hopefully we will learn more later and uh, we'll catch you. You two next time. We're going to continue on with the rest of the lore lands now. All right. Bye guys. Catch you later. Later. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you could help spread the word of the show. And the best way to do that is just tell someone about it. Just reach over, tap someone on the shoulder, and say, hey, why don't you listen to Dice Heist? Uh, the second is writing a review and subscribing on whatever podcast network you use to listen to us. Uh, if you'd like to help us support our show monetarily, you can head over to patreon.com slash diceheist, where you can choose to donate at whatever level you like, and you will get some great bonus content in return, such as our one-shot onslaughts and our after-show heist house. We release episodes every other Sunday, so keep a lookout for that. I'd like to take this quick moment to thank all the people that make this show possible, starting with Aaron, Bronson, and Nick. I'd also like to thank Nick a second time for letting us use his song, Something For Now, as our intro and outro. I also must thank my wife, Erica, for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes. 
and of course BattleBards.com for their help improving our show with their expansive library of music that I use to uh, help immerse you guys in the world of Dice Heist. Check us out on Patreon.com slash Dice Heist, like I mentioned before, and you guys can get uh, access to some cool content. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist and on Facebook at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at DiceHeistPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you guys send me in a message, I will definitely respond to you guys. So please, I, I would love to hear from you guys. So just give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. And thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist. Dice Heist.